Podcast City Network. Listening to the Rip Griffin Show. Make sure to subscribe to the show on all the major podcast platforms. Here's your host, Rip Griffin. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Rip Griffin Show. This is episode number ninety-four, and my guest tonight is uh, does a lot of prospects for the covers a lot of prospects for the Houston Astros. He's a creator of Astros Future. His name is Jimmy Price. Jimmy, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, my man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We got some breaking news that we need to cover real quick that is Astros related, which is uh, pretty fitting actually tonight since we are doing the Astros and covering the prospects and whatnot. So Astros just minutes ago made a a trade with the Seattle Mariners, the team that they're actually playing against tonight in Seattle, for a couple relievers. Uh, it is uh, Kendall Graveman and Rafael Montero. The Astros sent Abraham Toro, so no more. Where the F is Toro? And uh, Joe Smith. So uh, what are your thoughts on, on this trade that the Astros just made? So I, I think it's a good deal. I think the Astros got exactly what they needed. They, they needed a, another high leverage reliever, a guy who can come in and have clean innings, uh, get strikeouts. And I think Graveman is exactly that. Um, I think Toro is still a guy who can be a, a average major league player. I think he's still got a lot of upside as well. And I understand why maybe the Mariners felt the need to, to flip a guy who's going to be a free agent here in just a couple of months for a, a guy who they can potentially have to replace uh, Seagrove there at third base. So, uh, but for the Astros, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great move. There's obvious the obvious need the Astros had was in in the bullpen, and uh, James Click went out and did exactly that. Yeah, there was a lot of talk, especially you know throughout the season, what was going to happen this week with the trade deadline coming up. The bullpen has been the issue. It's been the Achilles heels that I've talked about just over and over again with uh, various Astros fans. And I'm glad that he was James Click was able to actually go out and make this trade. There's been a lot of talk of Craig Kimball possibly uh, in the works as well. I mean, that's just all speculation. We don't know where he's going to land. But Graven comes in right now with a .82 ERA in 30 games, 10 saves and 34 strikeouts, something that the Astros need to get more depth and more strikeouts to kind of close out games with Ryan Presley. As, uh, both these two will kind of work very well together. Rafael Montero, he's got a 7.27 ERA in 40, uh, in 40 games, 37 strikeouts. So definitely getting some lot of depth within the bullpen, which is something that they need. Let me ask you this. Do you think the Astros need to go out and sign a starting pitcher? Uh, I, I don't think they need to. I think the Astros have enough starting pitching. I think we've we've seen that the the Astros last time I looked, they were like number one in the uh, in the AL and uh, starter ERA. So they may not have that ace that you normally would expect in the playoffs, that Verlander 
or Garrett Cole kind of pitcher. Uh, but I think they have enough starting pitching to get them through. And I think when it, you get into a, a series in the, the postseason, they'll be able to, uh, you know, kind of move some guys into the bullpen and, and kind of stretch out that depth that they have in the rotation right now. So it would be great if they could add one, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a high need in terms of what it would cost to get one of those guys. Yeah, exactly. I think the the rotation's been great. I mean, we've got Jose Urquidy coming back here pretty soon. And then, you know, um, you know, the bullpen will get better with Josh James and, you know, uh, a couple other guys that are still doing rehab assignments right now. So the the future looks bright for the Astros, the bullpen, the starting rotation. So, I mean, Bregman will be back soon, so the offense will kind of pick back up again. So a lot of great things that are in the works for the Astros that we can see, especially come September and, of course, that October push that we all are looking forward to. So, but... Um, you know, on tonight's episode, I wanted to, uh, to bring you on and we're going to talk some prospects. So first and foremost, I kind of want to jump into, you know, how you got started doing Astros Future as we kind of segue into um, Astros Future. So back in probably 2011, 2012, I've always been a big Astros fan. Back when the Astros were not very good and they were taking, you know, high picks. They took George Springer, then took Carlos Correa, number one, got McCullers in the first round and started accumulating a lot of prospects. I've always enjoyed the the minor league system. I've always enjoyed prospects. Well, at that point in time, the minor league system was was you know that, to me that was the more fun thing to watch than the actual big league club just because of how bad they were. So I paid a lot of attention to them, and um, I, I did a lot of uh, you know looked at stats a lot. And I was like, man, it'd be cool if there's a way I could kind of share this with people. So that's why I made my Twitter. I think it maybe like 2013. Start putting some numbers out there, and then after. After a while, I had some uh, some people hit me up. Say, hey, do you want to write some some recaps and stuff like that? So I started doing that, and then I think it was um, the early part of 2016. I was like, well, I might as well just make the site myself. So I went ahead and created my own website, and kind of been doing it ever since. But yeah, it's just it was really just out of passion for for baseball, passion for prospects, the minor league system, and just watching those guys. You know, my thing with the minors is there's always optimism. Every year, the minor league baseball comes. There's always a guy that's gonna be a breakout player, a guy that you can look at and say, maybe this guy's a future star. And some of them come out of nowhere. There's always optimism in the, in the minor league system. And um, that's one of the joys of, you know, being able to watch the prospects. And obviously we've been blessed with a, a good GM and, and Luno. And then now with click and good scouting that we've been able to keep a lot of talent in the far system, despite not having the first second round picks last couple of years, or despite not drafting, you know, number one, number two overall, like we were back in uh, you know, 12, 13, 14. Right. Exactly. You know, you've you've got a pretty pretty good following on Twitter as well. Last time I looked, it was over twenty thousand followers. So that's phenomenal to to get to that that milestone, and just to have a lot of people that are so uh, you know appreciative of the content that you're putting out, and you know a lot of the the videos you've been doing. Uh, I mean, especially covering the the farm system throughout all four levels from AAA down to to, to low A. So I mean, you're busy, that's for sure, which is good. It's yeah. it's a good thing to have. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, no, and the, but, the followers have, have grown really well. It's been it's been awesome. The support is is phenomenal. It's uh, I enjoy doing it, but obviously, when when I have the support of all the people on on Twitter that enjoy the the videos, enjoy the stats, it makes it that much better. So yeah, it's it's been phenomenal. That's awesome. So definitely lots more in the work, especially with the Astros as they, you know, we talked about not having that first and second round draft picks, you know, last year and this year. We'll, 2022, things will get back to normal. We'll have those those first and second round picks. But I kind of want to touch on one of the picks from, from 2021. Uh, he was the first pick. So obviously he's not the first round pick, but the first pick that the Astros drafted in uh, Tyler Whitaker, he signed that one point. $5 million signing bonus was committed to the university of Arizona. 
you know, and on MLB Network, uh, Jim Callis said that this is more than double for that slot. He was drafted 80, mm-hmm. 87th overall at, uh, which is usually worth, you know, 689,000. What are your right. thoughts on, on the Astros signing Whitaker to that enormous signing bonus right off the bat? Uh, yeah, I'd have to think the Astros didn't imagine he was going to be there at number 87. I think MLB had him rated number 37. Baseball America, I think, uh, had him maybe rated around like 60 or something like that. So to get a guy of that talent level in the third round, I mean, that's a guy that a lot of people were thinking was going to be a first-round pick, maybe a second-round pick, and they get him uh, you know, pretty deep into the third round. And like you said, they signed him for that $1.5 million, which I think uh, looking at that, that the 1.5 million bonus is slotted for guys probably in that 40, you know, mid second round, early second round kind of area. Um, and they're able to get a guy at that value. And that just basically shows what they think of him as a prospect. But yeah, he's got phenomenal tools, big bat. Uh, some people kind of talked about, he went to the same high school as Joey Gallo and talked about him in the same way of a, you know, a guy who does have some strikeout concerns, but has a lot of power, has really good athletic, uh, athleticism for his size. But you can look at him and see he's still got a lot to go in terms of build, which is is good. He's got a lot that he can add to his frame. Um, so to have plus power already with what he can add is just a, a a really good pick. And someone going into the draft, I didn't expect to get with that kind of upside in the third round the Astros were able to. Yeah, they made a lot of great picks throughout the draft, which a lot of, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of players kind of fell into a lap in, at different uh, stages of, of the draft, which is good. So, you know, the Astros are starting to build up their farm system. You know, we can talk about, you know, they have the lowest ranked farm system at 25th, 27th or something like that. But I, I think that's just, you know, just just a category. You know, it's not really something you can base the farm system off of. I mean, there's a lot of great talent on each team throughout the farm mm-hmm. system. You know, we'll kind of jump into into the Sugarland Skeeters, the AAA affiliate. You know, they got uh, the you know the, the number one prospect in Forrest Whitley, who we had not seen yet at the big league level. Obviously, uh, for you know injuries circumstances, he's been uh, PED issue that he came up with. Um, but what are your thoughts on Forrest Whitley? Hopefully, trying to make an impact, possibly twenty twenty three, maybe twenty twenty four. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think the upside there is with him. Obviously, he is not the level of prospect that he was at one point. You know, the injuries, like you mentioned, the suspensions and stuff, that's kind of kicked him back a little bit. And then when he was on the field, he struggled a little bit. But the stuff that he had is still there. The the good stuff, the high fastball, um, you know, velocity, high velocity fastball, that kind of stuff is still there. Still has phenomenal size. Obviously, that's not going to go away. And despite all the time he's missed and the Tommy John and and how long it's going to take him to get back, he's not going to be he's not going to be very old. You know, he's still going to be a, a pretty, he was drafted young, uh, moved up really fast in the minors. And we made it to, to double a in his first minor league for, for, uh, first full minor league system was, has actually only been done by like four or five other high school pitchers. Um, so I think the upside is still there with him. There's no need to you know try to get rid of him or try to ship him off at a low value. I think the Astros at this point are in a waiting game, let him come back from injury, hopefully get healthy and then see, you know, see what he can do when he gets another chance in triple a. But, uh, it's understandable to bring him down a little bit in maybe terms of prospect ranking, but in terms of what he can maybe give you, I mean, now at this point you're hoping he gives you anything, but I think the upside is still there with a guy like Forrest Whitley. Yeah, I think I agree. I think the upside is going to, is going to be there. I, I am hoping for him to, you know, turn it around, kind of get back on track. You know, ben, Brent Strom has been working with him, you know, when, especially during in spring training and whatnot, to, they went back to his old repertoire, his old rhythm and his, um, and his mechanics that got him drafted out of high school. So a lot of great things. I mean, the, the future is still bright for him. 
it's just a matter of trying to stay healthy and recovering from that Tommy John. And so he can be a viable number one, number two starter later on down the road. I mean, that's not something that's going to happen overnight. And another pitcher right. that is in the the, uh, the farm system right now is Peter Solomon. Right now in Sugarland, he's 4-0 with a 5.40 ERA and 67 strikeouts. Now, he's seen some some time in uh, the big leagues with the Astros, been kind of been uh, optioned back and forth. But what do you what do you think about Peter Solomon trying to make an impact here in the future? Yeah, I think he's a guy that could probably still make an impact this year if the Astros decided to use him. I don't know if they're going to go that route. It doesn't look like they are um, just based on um, – I think they actually see him as a starter, not a reliever as well. But he's had some really good starts down in AAA. I think one thing to keep in mind is uh, the Skeeters play in El Paso, which is a, a, a big-time hitter's park. They play in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is a big-time hitter's park. Um, they play in a lot of areas that are, is conducive to hitting. So looking at the numbers overall, you see the 5.4 a may sound a little bit high, but you've seen the upside I had out of him. He's had some really good starts. So I think he's a guy that the Astros can look at uh, potentially being a starter on the major league roster next year. If there's an opening or if there's injury, um, see, I think he's a guy with a, with a lot of upside and uh, just another looks like another steal. The Astros are great at developing pitching. It looks like they got another one in Solomon. Oh, absolutely. Especially with how things have developed with Luis Garcia. You know, we've seen him kind of emerge onto the scene. A guy that was spent a lot of time in low A and and in A ball and is now pitching in the big league. So it's definitely something that can be done. It's just a matter of, you know, getting those mechanics right, which I think is going to be something that we will see Peter Solom- Solomon do in the next few years. But they've also got another a couple of another top prospects that uh, especially on the offensive side, that can definitely do some damage. And they just called up the number two prospect to AAA, Sugarland, and Pedro Leon, which is something that Astros fans have been very eager to see what he can do and kind of maybe are questioning the motive behind that quick jump from AA to AAA, considering this is his, his first full season of playing professional baseball, especially in the United States. So what do you think about Pedro Leon? Right now he's batting 250. doesn't have any home runs yet, two RBIs, but like I mentioned, he just got called up. What are your thoughts on, on Pedro Leon kind of making an impact with the big league club? So I don't know if it'll come this year. I think it's going to be more so next year. I think the Astros still see him as an outfielder ultimately. I know they've been playing him at shortstop, uh, but, man, the guy's got phenomenal tools. He, he's got very good power. We've seen it on display in games. He started off the season really rough. First couple weeks, struck out a lot. But that was the first time he played in, in organized baseball since the 2018-2019 season. So um, after that, he, he's been on fire. He's striking out a little bit too much, but he's also like sixth in the in the Astros system in walks. So he's drawing walks, stealing bases. Um, he's performed well at shortstop, but I think in center field, you'd really start to see that play. He's got a really good arm. He's really fast. Uh, talk about the power, like I said, in games. I mean, guys hitting deep homers, but his pitch recognition has just gotten so much better over the time he's been in the Astro system as well. And um, it's just we've seen a lot of progress from him from where he was when the season first started to where he is now. And I think the Astros are, are banking on him being a, a big-time performer in the outfield, maybe in center field next year. He's definitely come on the, the scene very, very quickly. And, you know, it's exciting to go from being signed by the Astros in January to being just 25 minutes away from Minute Maid Park. So it's mm-hmm. definitely a, a lot of, uh, you know, he's matured a lot and he's got a lot to still develop, which is um, something that the Astros are definitely good at, especially uh, with throughout their whole uh, minor league system. They're the, 
best organization in developing the players. They take care of their minor league players, something that a lot of teams don't do. I mean, one of the good things that owner Jim Crane has done is pay for housing for all the minor leaguers, which I think is why we're seeing so such great talent and great development and seeing these guys blossom so quickly is because they don't have to actually worry about those other things. Everything has been taken care of by the Astros. But um, I kind of want to touch on Jose Siri real quick. He's kind of another one of those, those players, those prospects that the Astros and the Astros fans were hoping to see sometime in, in the near distant future. Right now he's batting 300, uh, 17 home runs, 48 RBIs. He's got a 860 OPS, but he strikes out a lot. Is this something that the Astros can try to fix b- before he gets called up to Houston? I think that's who he is. I think he's he's been that way in the minor league system. He, I think he's 25 years old now. Um, obviously has the upside. He does have some speed and power, uh, but the Astros are able to get him as a, a minor league free agent. Every other team in baseball had an opportunity to get him, and the Astros are able to get him. So um, I think he's good depth to have just in case there was a, a lot of injuries and you had to pull him up. But at this point, I think there's uh, probably better options for the Astros. Uh, I know he started off the season incredibly hot. And he, he's had He's been consistent. But like I mentioned, if you go kind of look at the home and road splits, and, and Sugarland is actually a tough uh, place to, to hit at. Um, but overall, he's killing it on the road, not at, not so hot at home. But yeah, I think the strikeouts are kind of who he is. Um, and he's a guy who, if he gets an opportunity, can maybe show some power and some speed, uh, but is still going to strike out a lot. Um, but ultimately, like I said, I, I think he's good depth to have in case there were injuries uh, to the major league roster. Yeah, I had a chance to see Jose Siri, uh, Brian you know, De La Cruz, and those guys in Round Rock just a couple weeks ago when they took on the Round Rock mm-hmm. Express. And Jose, Jose Siri hit a home run. It was it was a moonshot. I mean, and, uh, you know, Dell Diamond is, is a pretty deep park to uh, mm-hmm. to actually hit a home run out of. So uh, he's definitely got some pop, definitely got some speed, just the strikeouts. That's co- probably going to be right. the main concern as he continues to develop throughout uh, AAA. But let's kind of jump down to uh, AA Corpus Christi Hooks. There's a couple of guys that are in the farm system right now that are making an impact. And one of them is Corey Lee. He started the season out in Asheville, the um, the high A affiliate of the Astros. And has as soon as he made the jump to double A, he has been lights out. Batting 302, eight home runs, 22 RBIs, and a 928 OPS. Do you think that he is going to be the Astros catcher of the future? Uh, definitely, 100%. Uh, I, I don't think there's any way the Astros decide to to trade him at the deadline. I think he's going to be an untouchable. I think he's shown exactly what you want to see from a franchise catcher, and that's the defensive side. He's throwing guys out uh, when they're trying to steal. His caught stealing rate is really good, blocking pitches. But then on the offensive side, he's showing power. He's showing patience. He's drawing walks. He's not striking out a ton. And the the, the progress that he has made from the time he was drafted in 2019 to now has been really good. I mean, he was a good prospect when he was drafted too, but – He's 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 playing like one of the maybe the top catching prospects in all of baseball. And I think, like I said, hitting for the power, but also limiting the strikeouts, playing good defense behind the plate. I definitely think he's the catcher of the future for the Astros. I, I agree, especially with you know Jason Castro and Martin Maldonado basically on the uh, on the roster for another year in 2021 or excuse me, 2022. And we should we should see Corey Lee come up hopefully in 2023. I think that's his projected call up. And you know, I believe I've, I have to agree. I mean, he's going to be the Astros catcher of the future. And, um, you know, 
He's got the upside. He's got the physique, the arm, like you mentioned. So he's definitely, definitely a guy we want to keep an eye on. Another guy is David Hensley. You know, he, uh, uh, I don't know how that uh, that trip around first base went when he hit that walk-off home run a few weeks ago. And he took that tumble, but that was all an excitement there. But he's another guy that, that the Astros want to keep an eye on or are keeping an eye on, excuse me. Uh, right now, he's batting 263, seven home runs, 27 RBIs with a 728 OPS. How does he kind of slot into the Astros' future? So I think he's a guy who he plays all around the infield. So he could pretty much play short, third, second, first. So he could play anywhere in the infield. And I think that's where his his bread and butter is going to be, a guy, a, a versatility, a utility-type player who can kind of come up. And uh, if a guy needs a day off, you know, that, that's where he plays. So um, he does have some pop. His strikeout numbers are a little high right now. Um, he's been kind of – he, he's kind of gone through stretches somewhere. He's been really hot somewhere. He's been kind of cold. But ultimately, I think he's a guy, if you play good defense at all those infield positions and you can provide a little bit with the bat, I think we've seen over and over those guys have value to a major league roster, and that may be what, what David Hensley can do. Absolutely. So as far as pitching prospects, who are, kind of, who are some of the, the pitching prospects down in Corpus that we can keep an eye on that we might possibly see with the Astros in the future? Hunter Brown is, is probably the, the top, well, at least for me, he's the top pitching prospect in the system right now. He's got elite top of the rotation stuff, sitting mid-90s, top in 98-99, uh, big breaking curve, sharp slider, really good stuff. And he started the season a little shaky, walking some guys, but over the last, I think, five outings, he's got like a 2.20 ERA, and he struck out like 30 and 20, something like that. But I think on the season, he's got 76 strikeouts in 45 innings, and he was just drafted Back in 19, I mean, the, the guy hasn't been in the system that long, and the Astros had an aggressive push, put him in double A, and he's showing he can handle it. So top of the rotation stuff right there, he's definitely a guy. He would be on my untouchable list because I think he's got the best stuff, and this is the best raw stuff in terms of being a top of the rotation starter. Um, but there's a couple others. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Bermudez has had some really good numbers down there. He's a lefty, uh, not going to blow you away, low 90s, but he's deceptive, got a good slider. Um, and he's he's done well limiting the walk, striking guys out, and uh, being being a left-handed pitcher, you know that that helps out right there a lot. So he's a guy that I think could uh, could eventually end up in AAA, hopefully at some point this year, and could contribute to the Astros down the line. A lot of great things happening down there in Corpus Christi, so it's exciting to kind of get those guys, and hopefully we'll get to see them called up to Sugarland here pretty soon. But kind of uh, moving on to uh, the high A affiliate Asheville tourist. There's been several guys that have been called up just over the last few weeks that are absolutely just doing phenomenal. Uh, one of those is JC Correa, uh, Correa, excuse me, who is actually the brother of Carlos Correa. So uh, how do you see him kind of fitting in? Cause he's, you know, still kind of got those, some things to work out, but he's, he's making a fast track especially with not having a minor league season last year to get bumped up so quickly. Yeah, I, I think people you know need to look at him and realize he's a prospect in his own in his own right and it has nothing to do with Carlos Correa because I know some people thought they drafted him a couple times. He didn't sign. He went to ACC, went to Lamar, um, and eventually uh, signed as an undrafted free agent last year. But I don't think that was a, just a courtesy move because of Carlos Correa. J.C. Correa can actually play baseball, and, and he's, uh, he's hitting for, for average. He's not striking out a lot. He's playing some pretty solid defense. He's got doubles power. Maybe he can go into a little bit more home run power, which hopefully we'll see in Asheville. Asheville's a pretty small – they got a pretty small home stadium, so we'll see how his power plays there. But, yeah, he's a good-looking prospect, 22 years old. Um, 
and, and can kind of he's a, a similar like David Hensley. He can play all over the infield, third base, shortstop, second base, and I think he's a good prospect that the Astros are are actually counting on to you know provide some depth uh, in the middle infield. Oh, absolutely! Didn't they? Didn't the Astros draft Alex Bregman's brother as well? They did. So someone actually asked me about that the other day, and I looked up. I think his name is AJ Bregman, and they drafted him. And I'm a, he didn't sign. I'm assuming he went to college. Uh, I, I tried to find some college numbers on him, and I, I don't think I was successful. I don't really remember, but um, I think that was back in 2018 or 19. So I guess he would probably be either a sophomore or junior in, in college by now. Okay. Um, I know I, it was kind of right around that same time when the Astros drafted J.C. Correa. So um, mm-hmm. it was just interesting. They have a lot of players that are on the big league roster but have brothers that they've drafted as well. In the minor league system, so they're they're keeping the the family tie together, which is great for the Astros to do. But a couple guys that you have actually that you've you've wrote about on your uh, your website, Astros Future, uh, Luke Berryhill, Shea Whitcomb, and Matthew Barefoot. These are all guys that are have made very uh, fast movement up into uh, high A. But uh, talk about mm-hmm. Luke Berryhill because he's kind of uh, got a, a special story. Yeah, so he's he's kind of was an unknown coming to the season. The Astros traded uh, CNL Perez for him and got him back. And you think you're getting a a guy who played eight games for the Reds back in 2019, and uh, they they put him in Fayetteville. And man, he he had a, a a little bit of a slow start, but then absolutely took off. Just killed the ball in July, earned his promotion to High A. Um, but yeah, he's he's a guy who does a lot of singing. He's a, a big country fan. He sung uh, the national <laughs> anthem for the the Woodpeckers. Uh, earlier this season and then he's done it with the bat too and actually I, I pulled the number since that day that he he had sung the national anthem until the time he got promoted I think he was hitting like 380 with like 10 homers or something it was actually pretty impressive um but he's a guy that I think is is legit catcher depth in the system um and one that hopefully will continue to move up but y- you mentioned Matthew Barefoot too a guy I'm super high on they drafted him out of Campbell University a couple years ago and they they uh, initially or uh, right away started making adjustments to his swing and I talked to him about that and he said it's it's difficult. You know, you get drafted and immediately they want to start changing things. And and that makes it tough. You know, you're out there playing games, uh, accumulating stats, but you're doing it with a, a swing that you're not used to. You're making these adjustments. Well, this year it's turned out great for him. So he's, I think, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I think he's got 16 homers this year, 17 stolen bases. And uh, I think he, maybe coming in today, he had like 17 doubles, but I think he already got one or two today. I was looking at the box score. So uh, a guy who can kind of do it all. He's got the speed. He's got the power. Hitting for average. Uh, and he's a guy that I think the Astros fans really need to be on the lookout for. Definitely a lot, a lot of good things coming from him. What about Shea Whit, uh, Shea Whitcomb? He started out in Fayetteville, and right now he's batting two eighty six, six home runs, sixteen RBIs. He's got a, and looks like a nine seventy six OPS. He's definitely been doing some special things as well with the bat yeah. this season. Yeah, so he was a fifth round pick last year. Obviously, we didn't see him because there was no minor league season. Uh, the Astros signed him. For a pretty low amount, um, I, I think I was looking at it today, and I think it was only like fifty or sixty thousand dollars. wasn't a lot, but yeah, he's had a good season. I think overall between Fayetteville and High A, he's got like thirteen homers, twenty stolen bases, uh, plays middle infield, and like you mentioned, hitting the two eighty six or whatever he's hitting. And he's uh, so he's showing some with the bat. He's showing the speed and, and actually looking like a legitimate inf- middle infield prospect right now. And that's kind of where the Astros were lacking. And you know, obviously with the Pedro Leon signing and then playing him there, and then Pena, who unfortunately got hurt, they do have some depth at that position. But to get a guy in the fifth round last year that's showing a, a power and speed like that is really nice to see, especially early on. This is his first opportunity to play in professional baseball, and he's he's uh, excelling right now. 
He's definitely doing that for sure. And it, it'll be exciting to see once, you know, these guys get called up, you know, to, to double a Corpus Christi, but I kind of want to touch on real quick, just on, uh, we'll kind of follow up, up lastly with the Fayetteville Woodpeckers, which is the low eight affiliate of the Houston Astros. And one guy that's been kind of, you've kind of posted out some, some videos of is Alex Santos. He was the first pick in 2020 for the Astros. So far he's sitting one and two with the 3.86 ERA in uh, three games that he started, 21 strikeouts and 21 innings pitched. How is the the Astros and and how if you heard anything? How how is he progressing so far? I think it's good. I think a 19 year old who's playing in in low A like that and having some success is already already a good story. The walks have been a little bit of an issue, but if you actually go look at his game logs. He'll have a start where he'll go four innings, maybe walk one, strike out five, and then the next one he struggles a little bit. The next one he goes four innings, strike out six, and then strike. So he's been up and down. But I think, especially at this stage in his career, you're going to judge a guy on on the good things he's doing and what you're seeing on tape. And he's got the the 93 to 95 fastball, nice curveball and stuff. And he's a a real athletic kid, really good build for a 19-year-old. And I think he has the makings to to be – a guy who can be a, a you know a middle of the rotation starter and like I said at 19 pitching where he's pitching right now and getting getting his feet wet in full season ball is, is going to be nice and I mean next year 20 years old maybe in high A making it up to double A and the Astros are now looking at a, a legitimate pitching prospect so good performance early on for their second round pick from uh, 2020. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely you know starting to, to make him name for himself. He had made a couple appearances in. Uh, spring training for the Astros. So definitely a lot of upside, like you mentioned. Uh, one guy, too, that has been, especially on the offensive side, is Jordan Brewer. Uh, he's a guy that is starting to kind of make a name for himself as well. Uh, right now, as he uh, has a spanning 258 with uh, two home runs, but his uh, OPS is a 710. What do you think about him possibly you know, advancing here in the next, you know, maybe this season, maybe next season? So they, the Astros moved up Zach Daniels to high and not Brewer. And Brewer's drafted a year prior. But uh, first thing I'll say is Brewer's absolutely ripped. The dude is a phenomenal athlete. And, and I mean, he's he, I've seen some some pictures that uh, Joe Dwyer, he's the, uh, the the photographer for the Woodpeckers that he's posted. And yeah, the guy's a, a really good athlete um, in really good shape. But yeah, he's got power. He's got really good speed. I think he's already shown that on the base pass. I think he's got 14, 15 stolen bases already this year. And he started a little bit late. The power hasn't really showed up in the games yet. Um, he's got a good arm in the outfield. So I think he's a guy that's got a lot of upside. And the Astros, have, it seems like they've been kind of valuing those guys. They took a, a Jordan Brewer in 20, uh, 2019. They took Zach Daniels in the fourth round in 2020. Another guy with a power-speed combo with a lot of upside. Uh, you're seeing it with Matthew Barefoot. We saw it with Alex McKenna, who's in A now. Another guy that was a power-speed type of guy. So Brewer, I think, is just another one in those line, or the the that line of players that if he hits his potential, you're looking at a guy who can be a power speed player in the majors. Uh, he's, he's got a long way to go, but he definitely has the upside to keep watching. Definitely. So out of all the guys that we have, uh, we've talked about, is there, are there any prospects at any level that we should possibly keep an eye on that, uh, you know, can make an impact soon? Joe Perez, third baseman for for Corpus Christi right now. He was the Astros' second-round pick. I believe it was back in 2017. He went into the draft. A lot of people saw him as a, as a pitcher. The Astros drafted him as a third baseman. He had Tommy John immediately after the uh, immediately after the draft. 
So he missed that, uh, missed a good amount of time, came back. And then he had, I think a labor issue with, uh, issue with his shoulder. I did an interview with him earlier in the season and, um, put that together, but guys struggle with a lot of injuries. Well, this year he's finally healthy. Uh, and he, he starts out in Fayetteville, crushes the ball, gets promoted to high immediately, does the exact same thing there, and then gets promoted to double A. Like he's only 21 years old and he's in double A and he's uh he started out a little shaky, but the last seven or eight games have been a lot better. So he's a guy I definitely think is gonna you're gonna see a huge jump from not even in the Astros top 30 to now maybe being in the top half of their prospects. So he's definitely one guy to watch. And one other guy I'll mention, Jake Myers. He's crushing the ball in, in, in Sugar Land right now. I think he's hitting 330, 340, uh, hitting home runs, stealing some bases, but he is an elite defensive player. Good arm, very good defensively, great reads, former pitcher. So he, you know, I talked to him. He said he what he he watches the pitcher and he knows how a pitcher is attacking a player, and that kind of helps him in the outfield because he um can kind of uh, what's the word, I guess, uh anticipate how a pitcher is gonna attack a hitter and he can kind of play that in the outfield. But uh, we, I've talked about him a bunch, but a guy who's a, a, if you're a phenomenal defender and you can provide any kind of value with the bat, he's providing a lot of value right now in, in Sugarland. Uh, I think he's a guy that the Astros fans definitely need to watch. I hope they don't trade him at this deadline because his value is insane, insanely high right now. Um, but if he sticks around, I definitely think he's a guy that the Astros will probably end up using as a, if not a starter, at least maybe a fourth or fifth outfit or a guy who can play defense and, and provide some pop almost in a, maybe a Jake Marisnik uh, type role. Oh, that's a good comparison there. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you actually brought up Jake Myers because I had him in my notes. I completely overlooked him. So that was a <laughs> that was my that was my fault there. But, uh, no you know, that, that that's a great comparison to, to Jake Marizic because he is one of those that we all can remember in, uh, in the Astros that he was just a, a do it all Jake, you know, uh, have a Jake day. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to have, you know, Jake Myers come in and kind of hopefully fill that. Uh, that role that yeah, I, think uh, he, I think he can probably provide more with the bat than, than Marisnik can, I, you know, and I think he, he's got that elite defense. Marisnik maybe is a little bit faster runner than Myers. Um, but to, you know, that role is important. We've seen it over and over. We've seen it in the playoffs, how important that role is of that elite defensive outfielder who can also come in and give you some pitch hits. And I, I think, like I said, I think Jake Myers can, can be that kind of guy and can fill that role that maybe the Astros don't necessarily have this year. Cause right now on the bench, there's not, there's not that guy coming off the bench. I mean, I guess you got McCormick who comes off the bench, can provide you some pop and and uh, and play some solid defense. But, yeah, I think Myers is a guy that I would love to see get an opportunity. It just seems like he developed at a bad time because now we got Brantley and Tucker and then we got Strong center field. So we'll see which way the Astros go next year. But, yeah, guy, I'm, I'm very happy for him. Really good dude and, and, and putting together a really good season. Definitely a lot to look forward to within the Astros farm system. A lot of great prospects that are working their way up to – and hopefully we will see them at playing at Minute Maid Park here in the future. So uh, the future is bright for, for the Astros within the, the organization. And I'm excited to check these these guys out. I'll actually be able to to head to Sugarland this weekend. So I'll be able to see these guys uh, at Constellation Field. So I'm excited to, to check this out. But, uh, Jimmy, that's about all I got for you on, on this episode, uh, talking Astros prospects. But I appreciate you taking the time to share your insight and share everything that you've you've covered uh, throughout the farm system. So it's uh, truly exciting to have you on. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I, I enjoy talking baseball. So, I mean, I feel like I could go on for hours when it comes to talking about baseball <laughs> and talking about prospects. But, yeah, it's been a great season. You mentioned earlier um, that the Astros had a, a you know, a, a low rank system. And uh, obviously I have some bias there, but I think the Astros system is a lot better than people are giving it credit for. And I think we've seen that with a lot of these performances this year. So yeah, appreciate you having me on and just let me ramble on about prospects for 30 minutes. 
Hey, absolutely. I appreciate it. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your, your work. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Astros Future. Uh, website is astrosfuture.com. I also have an Instagram and a Facebook account. Same thing, Astros Future. Uh, those are a little behind in terms of the Twitter, but everything I post, I, I put on uh, put on Twitter. All my articles and the podcasts that I record, usually a, a weekly. It's usually I post it on a Monday morning, but um, hopefully soon I'll have something coming out on Hunter Brown. I just put, like you mentioned, put something out on Luke Berry Hill. So I try to get the, those guys involved at least once every week or two. I actually, this week I'm working on a stock report. Um, so that's something I got going on. Just some guys who their stock has been on the rise over the last you know three or four weeks. Perfect. Perfect. So we'll definitely be on the lookout for that. But I truly appreciate you coming on, sharing your insight. And it's exciting. Like I mentioned, the, the Astros future is bright and we've got a lot of great prospects in the wings. So, but uh, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review the show. You can catch the show on Twitter at Rip Griffin Show. You can call in if you have any questions. The show has a voicemail. That number is 210-263-3253. And the show is part of the Podcast City Network. And you can catch all the amazing shows at podcastcity.net. That's a new episode. Thank you. Take care.